Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shannick. And we're so glad you're joining us wherever you are. This is episode 69. We have 69 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. That's awesome. And actually, the reviews we've gotten are pretty amazing too lately. So thank you for that. They've been And if you haven't left a review, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave one. Do it. And share this on your socials. Text it to a friend. This week's question of the week, it was Derby Week in Louisville, Kentucky, which if you don't know about Derby Week, you don't know. Yeah, it's like a two-week party. It's a two-week party. It, it started with Thunder two weeks ago, which is like one of the greatest fireworks shows in all of America. And then it was Thurby, Oaks, Derby. And yeah. Have you ever been to Derby? <laughs> never been. In yeah. 10 years, I've never Actually, been. Actually, I've never been to Derby. And you're 40? Yeah, 42. <laughs> I've been to Oaks uh, several times, Thurby, go to Churchill Downs probably once a season or so, but... Well, Never lo- Derby. Locals don't actually go to Derby. Yeah, we tend I think to have it's something you have to experience. Once we have though. to have Derby parties, which we had a Derby party. So, yeah, with a newborn. Yeah, but what's the question of the week? The, oh, the question of the week. Well, since Derby happened, uh, what was the der- Derby horse that Rich won? Rich Strike. Rich Strike. Yep. Against all odds, maybe one eighty of to one. The worst odds ever to win. The I think derby. they said second. No, second they said most. I think it was the worst. Man, I don't know Whatever. what was up there. Anyways. If you haven't watched the aerial view, you need to type that in into YouTube to watch because to see him come from pretty much the backpack all the way to the beginning is his maneuvering was maneuvering how what he had to do. Anyways, crazy odds wins the Derby. It was the largest Derby ever in the history of Derbies in terms of betting. There was one hundred and seventy nine million dollars bet on the Derby. And I think uh, Vegas had seventy five to one hundred bets, they said, on Rich Strike. So it's crazy. Yeah. But still, when the long shot wins, a lot of times the house actually makes money. Yeah. Because so much money is on all the other horses, the favorites. Uh, the one guy, the Mattress King from Texas, yep. I saw put over a million dollars on Epicenter. And man, I thought he was going to win. And then, man, last second. Well, you, you know why he does that, out. right? I mean, publicity. It's his well, marketing budget. I don't know. What he markets is if the favorite horse wins the Derby. Everybody that has purchased in the year will get $3,000 off. So he puts like a million and a half or however much he did on the favorite oh, horse. to pay for that? To in case subsidize. It it's like insurance. Happens. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. So it's actually a brilliant yeah. marketing ploy. So but. we thought because of the long shot winning, the question of the week with this week would be, what have we witnessed that has been against all odds? Maybe the, the greatest underdog, comeback in the sports. The long shot the greatest comeback, whatever you want to phrase it. Man, my story is not a big deal, but I witnessed it live. It was me and my brothers and my, and my parents. We went to a Chicago Blackhawks hockey game at the United center versus the Detroit Red Wings. So my whole family is Detroit diehard fans. And so we show up in our Red Wings stuff. We're like 15 rows off the ice. Detroit is getting pumped the whole game. Like we're down two zero most of the game. I think, I think we cut it to two one in the third and we're at this point where people are leaving the arena because they think the game is over. And Detroit scores with like 13 seconds left in the game to force it to overtime. And then Detroit wins it in OT. And it was just one of these great comeback moments because the guy in the right be- before us, like he was talking trash the whole game. Yeah. Right. Talking trash with my brothers. And we're trash talkers too. So For you. Yeah. Down 2-1, that's not 
great comeback. But for you to witness it all but and to be in the environment, beca- you're missed. You're cut me I'm off. I'm getting it. I'm, it's because I'm listening. of the guy that was talking trash <laughs> the whole time in front of us. As soon as Detroit scored to force it to overtime, right? We're hackling him. He's quiet. And then Detroit scores again in overtime. He turns around and he goes, Merry effing Christmas. <laughs> and it's like a joke that me and my brothers still say to each other this day. Every oh, Christmas, we're like, Merry effing Christmas. Christmas. Well, that's a great memory. Yeah. I really don't necessarily have a personal memory like that. Of course, there's tons of comebacks and against all odds oh, yeah. things that have happened. I mean, two years ago, we talked about Brady beating Atlanta down, what, 28-3? I think that was um, four years ago, 28 I don't right? know. Who, who knows? COVID yeah. messed us all up. It's two years. It's 10 years ago. Who, who Some knows? Some time ago. That was a great comeback. Yeah, but for me, the first thing that came to mind, I remember um, I was probably like 16, super into basketball. At the time, I was really in the NBA, even though I don't watch it much now. But um, I remember um, – because I loved the Seattle Supersonics. Remember when they were a team? Oh, yeah. Uh, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp, bro. Dude, highlight reel. Anyway, they were the number one seed in the West going up against the Denver Nuggets, who barely made it in. Like, literally won the last game, got the eight seed in the playoffs, down 2 nothing, and came back and won um, three straight games, I believe, and took the best of five series. And it was the first time in history – um, that an eight seed beat a number one seed in the NBA playoffs. And it was just against all odds. And I remember um, Dikembe Mutombo, like the shot block king. Mm-hmm. And I can just visualize, like he got the ball, they won the game, he's laying on the floor and he's like crying. And I don't know why that was so memorable for me, um, but it was. What about the eight, 16 seed beating the one seed, UMBC? beating oh, Virginia yeah. four years ago. And then the next year, Virginia ends up winning the national championship. But the only time it's ever happened in sports. Yeah. We could go off. We haven't so done many. any research. Yeah. You got the Jordan comebacks back in the 90s. There's probably so many stories that we could come by. Yeah. And it, I think we we remember those because um, we love a good underdog story. We love, like, we the love comeback. It. You know, that's why, like, Rocky has, like, what, eight films or something now? <laughs> something we like we love it. Like, we love the, the long shot and against all odd type movies and uh, personalities. And I think we love them because we can put ourselves in that spot. Yeah. Like, you know, we're For the sure. underdog. I'm thinking, okay, now, that, random, <laughs> but you got, like, the Reggie Miller eight points in nine seconds. Yep. You got a Tiger coming back to win the Masters just a couple of years ago. There's a lot of comeback stories. I say a lot because I'm stalling because I'm trying to figure out what other ones could we say without looking it up. No, it's all right. You can't? Let's just move on. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about We all about love underdog week? stories. <laughs> Let's just move on. Well, we actually, didn't we do a sermon series um, here years ago on think, the underdog? Maybe. I think we just called it the greatest. Uh, that was about love. The no. greatest of these is love, and we had like a mo- picture of a boxer or something. Maybe we did underdog. Understo- underdog? I don't remember. Yeah, because you have like that dude that's like left-handed. You know what I'm talking about? Who no. goes and kills the king? Oh, Ehud. and I just remember, and he, yeah, Ehud, yeah. yeah. I just remember the story because the king like poops himself. <laughs> I don't well, know. there's a lot of debate on what happens in that story. Well, it does sure. say refuse comes out and it's poop. So maybe. maybe. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Last week <laughs> we talked about it's okay to not be okay, and we kind of wanted to follow that up a little bit around this idea of belonging because there's so many different groups of people like we're all trying to find community and fit where we fit and belong where we belong and feel that love and acceptance regardless of what we believe 
And I think what's so imperative to this conversation is when you know you belong, regardless of what you believe and how you behave, it helps you actually to be okay with not being okay because you know there's this group of people that are going to come along uh, and support you and be there for you and help lift you up when you need it the most. Right. It's a support system. Yeah. Whenever you find somewhere where you belong um, with people who are safe, accepting, open, and they allow you to be vulnerable, they allow you to be not okay, they allow you to express yourself um, in anger, in sadness, but also in joy and excitement. Um, And when you find that, like, it really helps um, secure in you your identity. It helps you um, be established in your identity. And then it helps you process through um, life's challenges. Mm -hmm. And so um, having a place to belong and a people to belong to, I think is, is so important. It's, yeah. it's one of the most important things you can find in life. And that's why we even say here at Hill City, like we exist to connect people to life. Mm-hmm. And that is found in community. And now whether that's community coming here, whether it's community surrounding um, sports or an activity or a hobby, whatever it is, we want you to find that community. And speaking of community, um, as we were thinking about belonging, I, I just wanted to share... Um, my Jeep story. So last February, um, 2021, I bought a Jeep gladiator. So I've had it a little over a year now. One of the best purchases I've ever made in a vehicle. Um, I thought I would want the regular Jeep Wrangler unlimited, the four door, got the family, but I had a truck for 14 years and I just couldn't go without, uh, the bed of a truck. So got the gladiator. So glad that I, I got it. I still use the bed literally every week doing something, carrying something, hauling something, but I love being able to take the doors off, top off. I mean, it's just best of like every world. Anyway, so when I bought it, my friend Wayne told me, hey, you got to work on your Jeep Wave. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Jeep Wave? He goes, oh, just wait. You'll see. I'm like, Jeep Wave. Okay, like I'm going to wave to people. Like I, He goes, no, just when you pass Jeeps, just make sure you wave to them because it's a thing. And I'm like, I mean, I've heard that phrase, you know, it's a Jeep thing. You don't understand by people that own Jeeps say that. Yeah. But. I never really experienced it till I bought it. Day one, driving around, pass another Jeep. He gives me what they call the Jeep wave. And it's basically just, you got your hand on your steering wheel and you just like give two fingers up. That's the Jeep wave. If, that, if you're cool, because I've been in Jeeps and I've experienced all types of waves. That is what you get over 90% of the time. Just the two <laughs> fingers, the two finger flash. <laughs> but so then I realized, oh my gosh, like every single Jeep I'm passing, they're like doing it. And so then I got to do it back. And then now after, you know, a few weeks owning it, I'm on the lookout and I'm paying attention when I pass the Jeep, oh, I got to give them the wave and they wave back. Now, sometimes I'm distracted and miss it. Sometimes they're distracted and don't wave. And when they don't wave, I'm like, why didn't you wave at me? Is it because I have a gladiator and not an actual Wrangler? Like, what is this a thing (laughs) to you? Like, are you stuck up Jeep snob or what's going on? (laughs) And then you're doubting yourself. (laughs) But, um, but no, for real. Well, what I've learned um, now a year later, because I was like, okay, that might just be a fad or maybe it's a summer thing. Literally, every time I get in my Jeep, I notice the Jeeps that pass and we wave to each other. And it's almost like we acknowledge that like we belong to this Jeep owners club. You you belong to the Jeep debt. (laughs) And here's what I'm beginning to think. Think about like on on a very serious level and a very spiritual level. Um, and I know you just bashed me right there and a lot of people <laughs> and a lot of our listeners, you just totally <laughs> threw them under the bus and me as well, um, is 
we are like so desperate for community. Yeah. And this is just a small glimpse and picture that people want to belong to something and it can be anything. Here are people. I don't know almost no one. 99.9% of the people that have Jeeps that I pass, I don't know who they are. I've never met them. I don't know what their belief is. I don't know what their background is. I don't know how they treat people. I don't know a thing about them other than they own a Jeep just like me. And so like, let's acknowledge each other that we're in this together and we have a Jeep together. And there's even now it taken to another level, uh, this thing called duct. So you go into a parking lot. If you're parking uh, next to a Jeep, like you pull out a little rubber duck and you just set it on their wheel, on only, their door only handle. Only if you have a Jeep though. Oh yeah. If, if you don't own a Jeep, don't be sticking don't be ducks on people. other <laughs> Jeeps or cars. Yeah, like if you own a Jeep, you can stick it on another Jeep because you have to be in the club. Mm-hmm. You have to belong. <laughs> but no, it's this thing. And so it's like this whole community built around this. And I just got to thinking like, how come us as followers of Jesus in the kingdom aren't more welcoming or I'll say not more acknowledging to other people to let them know they belong to. We have become so divisive. We have become exclusive, um, basically to our own detriment where we are against the very thing that Jesus stood for and that he came to include everyone into his family. And I just think there's this thing about belonging that we haven't got right for a long time and we need to start getting right in the kingdom. Yeah, it's a Jeep thing. It's a, a sense of community, a sense of belonging, and belonging is so valuable. Uh, I think it's really important that, that we get this, not because you have to own the Jeep to belong in the Christian community, but how can we as a Christian community act like the community that belongs and accepts everybody, regardless of their story, regardless of what they believe, regardless of what they're going through. And I think it's really, really important. We talked about this on episode 30, I believe, when we debunked the whole ideology around sin nature, is the beginning of every person's story is belonging with God, not separation. Right. And that is so important to understand because I I would argue that every single human being is looking for people to accept them from who they are and a community to belong to. That's why CrossFitters, you can't stop talking about CrossFit when you join the CrossFit community. And it's so annoying to hear other CrossFitters if you're not a CrossFit. We could go on for right. an hour talking about, th- this is why like when people change a specific diet, it's all they talk about, keto, veganism, all of these things. It's like, oh. Yeah, and now they find a community. They find a community Because they want accepted. to know that they belong, yeah, yeah. and are accepted. Yeah. And I think that's so revealing to humanity is we are striving for people to accept each other. And what is heartbreaking, are you dying over there? Don't you go dying. What is heartbreaking is to be a part of a church community and multiple church communities at that and to see that Christians are some of the less appealing or less attractive attractive or less at belonging how do you even use that no i don't know i don't even know what i'm trying to say i'm I'm trying to say that like we don't do a great job of helping people belong yeah, yeah. we put up barriers to belonging yeah it's almost like you have to 
look like us, vote like us, dress like us, believe exactly like us. And if not, then we change churches to find people. That, yep. And it's like, man, that is so detriment to everything that we believe and the life of Jesus. When you look at the life of Jesus, he was telling people three things, that they matter, that they are loved, and that they belong. And those three things are so important because matter speaks to significance. Love speaks to acceptance and belonging speaks to security. And regardless of what you believe about anything, religion or not, I would say that all of humanity is looking for those three things. They're looking that that they're significant, that they matter. They're looking to be accepted, that they're loved, and they're looking for that security that they belong, regardless of what they believe or how they behave. And I think it's really challenging for us as a church to be those types of people. Right. And I know there's something that we've said a lot here at our church, you don't when people come in and even from stage, we've said, you don't have to believe what we believe to belong. We want to make sure that people know that they have a safe place to process, to doubt, to struggle, to, to live in that tension, to figure out what it is they do believe. And so before they get to any type of belief, we want them to know they're welcome, they're accepted and they belong. And, um, a lot of people say that and, you know, we say it, and I, ho- I would hope that that we would live up to those words and that those words would be true for the people that, that call this place home and that continue to walk through the doors. Um, and I think providing that, um, it's just like, <clears throat> you know, we've talked um, even about being not okay. Like you're not okay right now. <laughs> what? You, yeah. you need some water. I don't know what I need. Um, but we've talked about it's okay not to be okay, but we've talked about give yourself permission to feel and that permission happens in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. And it's the same what we're talking about here in belonging. There has to be that safety. And then I think, like as you mentioned, significance, acceptance, and then security. I think it works backwards. People have to feel security first, that safe mm-hmm. environment. They In that safety, they learned to be loved. They learn. Um, to be accepted. And then out of that, they develop their significance. I love that. And so I think that's what we even mean when we say we exist to connect people to life. We would always say to Christ, to calling, to community. But I think it happens in reverse. Hmm. Like life happens in community. People in community are able to um, find their calling. And whether it's help from other people, whether it's finally living out and loving other people and being in that community relationship. And then sometimes in that they find Christ. Now, does it happen the opposite? Yeah, it can happen in any order. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes people need to feel that safety. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So we actually hate the term discipleship, which is funny because we're pastors, but discipleship, honestly, when you think about it, it's learning how to belong Sonship, on the other hand, and again, you've heard us talk about sonship on this podcast, and you can search for those episodes in the past. Sonship is recognizing that you already belong, regardless of your belief and regardless of your behavior. And I think that's really important for people to understand. I know recently I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about some controversial things, and it came to this point where I was like, huh, like we we definitely disagree on this topic, and I've been thinking is this disagreement going to cause me to lose a friendship? And that's kind of caused some like turmoil, you know? Yeah. And we talk on the phone and it's just like this thing of, okay, 
we disagree and I value your disagreement and I understand why you disagree and I used to be there and I've been in process for four or five years on this, this specific topic and have come to this conclusion. And so I have grace for you on the other side because I used to be there. I used to have that belief. But my concern is, are you going to distance yourself from me because I no longer believe that and you are adamant that my belief is wrong? And I'm okay with that. But I hope it doesn't change our friendship and relationship. And honestly, I've been like thinking about that a lot over the last couple of weeks is, is my friendship going to change and shift because of this? Is this person not going to call me anymore? Is this person not going to have a relationship with me, even though we live uh, pretty far away from each other? Yeah. And that's kind of been like painful. Like it's caused some mental real estate in my life to be thinking about this specific situation. And I hate that especially in the Christian world, that some of our beliefs cause people to disassociate, especially yeah. like friendships. And I know that's been our experience a little bit, but I would also want to challenge ourselves, and I'd want to challenge you to say, I know you're sitting in this and wondering if that disagreement is going to cause him to disassociate, but I would say to challenge you, you know, it, it also works with us. Like there's times where because they don't agree or because maybe we don't agree with them and then we just without even knowing subtly, whatever, we distance ourselves, we pull away. And so I know you're wondering if he's going to, but also you got to check and I have to check myself. Am I pulling away from this relationship as well? The fact that you just said that, like, so I actually have to have a couple conversations because this is not just one specific instance. There's a couple instances, even though I'm thinking about one specific is I just need to talk about it. You know, last week we talked about having this ability to allow people into your process. I think it's really, this is my challenge for myself is I just need to be open and honest with these people about how I feel about this specific topic and let them know that my thought process is I'm wondering if it's going to cause disconnect in our friendships. And I think the light bulb just turned on. Like I just have to communicate that instead of sitting in those emotions and yeah. wondering about something that might never happen. I just need to go to talk to them and tell them yeah. how I feel. This is how I feel. Cause I don't want it to get hit, yeah. get there. Even from me too. Even from me too. That's a yeah. good challenge. Yeah. And so as we wrap up this short and simple conversation, how can you be more accepting and more uh, welcoming so that people want to belong to the things that you belong because of how you love. Yeah. And I would say it is just off the top of my head. Cause you know how I like to parallel different letters and stuff. Like don't let our conclusions leave us in concrete, meaning mm. we don't allow the other people to hold on to their beliefs and be okay with it. And we need to, our conclusions don't have to be someone else's conclusion. It's mm. not our journey. It's what did theirs. you just say? Don't, don't let know. our conclusions leave us in concrete. Maybe. I love it. I just I wrote know. it down. But um, but yeah, with that, just we would encourage you. And I think we did a sermon series and I can't quite think of what it was called. But I remember ending it with included people include people. And so one, you have to know you are included into the family of God. If you don't feel that, I would encourage you to find a place to plug in to find that community and then follow it up with being responsible to include others I because everyone wants to feel like they along. So do right? some soul searching. It's a Jeep thing. Do some soul and you searching need to understand and make sure that you are doing this. <laughs> yeah. So with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.